Thank you so much, Vikas, for joining me today. Super excited to talk about, you know, your journey and in, in building a billion app marketplace. Like, look, I've I've been in this industry a while, over a decade now, and I've seen many, many a marketplaces come and go. And this one is super unique because I think you've you've built a product where it kind of blends a little bit of news and education with products and reviews for restaurants. It's like this complete ecosystem, which I'm super jealous that you built, man, because that's a it's a really tall feat. But <laughs> before we get into everything that you know a billion is and, and its sort of mission and vision. Talk a little bit about your journey thus far and, and even to get to the point where you thought of the idea and maybe what was the catalyst for, for starting it. But but take us on that journey first. Well, hey, Grant, so nice to be here. And uh, and thank you for having me on um, on your podcast, on your show. Matt, first of all, there's really no reason to be jealous. Um, <laughs> Everything that we do, we're we're this, you know, we're like the kind of business that people call user generated content. Mm -hmm. What that really means is it takes a community, it takes a group of people to actually build this. It's not, it's not us sitting here and I'm sitting here in Singapore right now talking to you and you know I've got a team of 15 people 16 people who we're building the company with but really it's this entire community that has kind of gotten together people around the world that have gotten together to really help us build this and so you know you're one of them and I really appreciate you taking the time to to sh- help us share our story uh, for me uh, what we really are maybe if I just start with a billion sure. what a billion means right our mission is really in the name of our company. We want to help a billion people around the world go vegan. We want to help a billion people live more sustainably. Uh, we want to help a billion people live healthier and change their consumption habits because we mm-hmm. believe that changing the basics like what we eat, how we yep. shop, what we buy, where we go, yep. that that is the power that each of us as consumers has to create a much, much, much better world. And collectively, if we have a lot of people doing that, that's going to be the most impactful thing that can happen for the earth. And so that's really it, right? It's, it's, it's important. I think, you know, that what we're, what we're trying to do is really build a very new and different kind of social media platform. I think it's something that's been long overdue where the data that people are contributing isn't being used against them like we see on Facebook, like we see on Twitter, like we see on TikTok and Instagram. The data that people are contributing to our platform is being used for consumer advocacy. It's being used to make the experience better for people in real life. It's being used to create a more sustainable world. And it's being used ultimately to help influence more people to choose better when they eat out, when they buy products, you know, when they're shopping at the store. And so really it's this kind of like where we we've sort of we've built and constructed this growth loop for our business mm-hmm. that really has to de- ha- that really functions from the per- point like perspective of virtue more than anything else. So that's a little bit about us, right? And you know, you asked about my origin story or just kind of <laughs> like kind of how I got started. You can probably tell from my accent. I am sitting here in Singapore right now, but I'm American. Uh, I spent most of my life growing up uh, on the East Coast and uh, really, really proud, uh, really proud to be American and uh, really proud to be an, an immigrant in America. Um, so yeah, we moved to the States when I was just four years old um, from India. And uh, and I grew up in New York City. And one of the things I'd say that like really early on, I mean, we kind of took it for granted a little bit, but 
really early on, my parents raised my brother and I vegetarian. And huh. uh, that, you know, yeah, they made my parents made that choice when we were when we were just born. And so both my brother and I since birth were raised vegetarian. And, you know, in India, you don't really think about it. Because in India, like, you know, there's like a billion people and a, and a quarter of them are, right. are, are vegetarian. So it's right. like, very prevalent in society. But when we got to New York, it was <laughs> like, okay, well, what do we eat? Right. And, um, you know, and everywhere we go, it meant that we had to ask a question, two questions, three sure. questions sometimes, right. And it's funny, it's because like, guess what kids like to eat kids like to go to mcdonald's right sure so like, i'd go to mcdonald's and i get a happy meal i'd ask for like a happy meal with no meat so they'd give me like a bun with two pickles and, <laughs> and a slice of cheese and some ketchup and some fries right and <laughs> i thought that was delicious so <laughs> right and and that was just kind of what i grew up around you know grew up and kind of down the road, I started to really have a very strong affinity with animals. And I started like, you know, attending activist events and started doing a lot of that stuff. But really, for me, like, it was kind of like that, that part of my life was on autopilot. But I would say that it really helped me kind of always choose and have a sense of values in the most basic things that I was doing every day, right? Like what we eat, we make so many decisions around food every single day. It's like probably the one thing that we all do, all right. of humanity does every single day, where we're actually making a choice, right? And so eventually I became vegan. And what was really interesting about that was it felt like a huge compromise because mm -hmm. of course, like growing up in, in New York, my food pyramid ended up becoming like a slice of pizza. <laughs> and and classic American dish. <laughs> exactly, right? Or like it was like a bagel with cream cheese or something. And you know, and 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 I loved it. But um I went vegan for a number of different reasons and it ended up becoming this incredibly transformative thing for me where it really it started when I when I started I felt like it was a huge compromise and a sacrifice I was already vegetarian and now I could barely eat anything but it ended up becoming this thing that just like invigorated a sense of purpose and values in my life and really I'd say like in my 30s was just this incredibly inspiring choice that I made so you know fast forward like 2016 um, I'm here in Singapore, uh, <laughs> and it's November, and uh, I'm at a like U.S. election party. Um, Interesting. Where most of the people, I'd say like ninety. I'm not really political, but like ninety percent of the people in the room were were obviously like uh, Clinton supporters. Mm -hmm. And you know, because it's because we're here, you know, we're we're twelve to fifteen hours ahead of you know, the US. <laughs> so it was the morning here and people are like slamming martinis and celebrating. And I mean, you should have seen people's faces when, you know, when they realized who yeah. was actually winning. Yeah. But for me, it was really interesting time because I had up until then in my life and my career never used social media. I had never used Facebook or Twitter. I just kind of felt like, you know, it wasn't really my thing. But after that election, we learned so much about how these platforms were stealing our private data, how they were 
using our private data to feed us misinformation, how they were selling our private data to companies that then were basically shoveling, shoving ads at us, right, spreading misinformation and false truths, and how this wasn't just, this wasn't just degrading our democratic institutions and some and things that are just for us are holy in America, like our right to vote and elections, but they were creating cultures, they were they were spreading violence around the world, they were spreading misinformation around the world, they were starting to become responsible for things like genocides in Africa, and, you know, and, and, and it just, it felt like, wow, it's how, where's the responsibility? Where's the accountability? Hmm. How, how can you build a platform that connects a billion people? Mm-hmm. And then say, hey, okay, oh, I have no values. I have no responsibility or accountability. Whatever happens on my platform, you know, if if, if people are liking something or commenting on it, I'm just going to let it spread like wildfire, even if it's like, you know, something really, really bad, right? Or harmful to society, because it's not my right, it's not my right to judge what's harmful or not. And, you know, I just felt like, that just went against all logic and sort of common sense for me. And, uh, and, you know, of course, like, you know, I'd say fast forward a few years, there's been a lot of movies and other things. And, you know, we've seen the documentaries about what's really going on in some of these companies. But that moment for me was one where I really started to think about, is it possible Hmm. for us to design algorithms to spread social benefit? and to spread impact and to create sustainability and help people help people live better live healthier live in harmony with nature like is it possible to actually create an experience where you turn that mindless scrolling that we're all guilty of and turn that into mindfulness and um and that's it so i kind of set out on that mission in 2017 and, uh, and, you know, we started a billion in July of 2017. It's going to be six years wow. uh, yes. since, uh, I, since I got started on this uh, journey. And, you know, and we're, we got a long way to go. Like we, <laughs> we you know, we, we want to impact a billion people positively. We, we've reached a million. And so, you know, we got to figure out how to thousand X our impact from here. Yeah, it's like I said, I've seen so many you know, sort of platforms come and go. But I think that the one thing that I've noticed, you know, with the billion, I'm, I'm very deep into building a really, really, you know, beautiful platform, you know, very, very user oriented where it's the user experience is, is equal and up par, right? With, with sort of the big platforms that we know of. Um, that's sort of just a commodity these days, right? If you, if you don't have the user experience and the usability and ease of using it, you're, you're just going to, you're, you're playing a different game and it's not one that you're going to come even close to winning. So the dev, the, the development and the, the user experience, I think is beautiful. And it really, I think it really helps users engage with, with the content and, and, it, and help themselves even just education, right? I think the biggest part of what I always wanted to do is just educate people a little bit, like show them what's you know, out of their purview, right? They might not know of all these different like products and whether it's food or, you know, makeup or sneakers, right? There's so many different aspects that our consumer power has, right? Like you you mentioned before, it's such a huge thing that we have. Like we feel so defeated sometimes, like, or, you know, our vote doesn't matter or this or that. But it's like, you know, the way you spend money matters, you know, probably even more than your vote in, in a weird way. Um, so I appreciate the work that went into building the platform. But your background was a little bit more 
like finance, right? You didn't come from sort of computer science or like building apps and things like that. Like, I, I don't know, I'm just, just going off your sort of your, your bio and, and career path here. But I guess how is, you know, having an idea, right, is we all have ideas, but actually executing and building on it is is paramount. That's the hardest thing to do. Um, so talk us through that phase when you had the idea, right? But it's like, now you got to go execute and build it. Like, what was that like, you know, finding the appropriate team members to actually build the product? Oh, thanks, man. I, you know, first you're, you're hundred percent right. I, I, I know the first thing about engineering and, uh, I know a little bit now, but the truth, the truth is it's, I didn't know, you know, when I, when I left my, my former career, which was in finance behind, and I knew that I was going to build something in tech. Um, I knew that I would need to be able to work with software engineers. And, uh, so I was like, well, what am I going to do? So <laughs> I, um, I actually, what I ended up with best idea I could come up with at the time. And, you know, it's really funny. It's like, because you're, when you're, when you're just not very smart, when you're not, when you don't know the right or wrong answer mm-hmm. and you just say, okay, you know what, this makes sense. I'm going to mm-hmm. run with this. You, you learn a lot. You can learn a lot. And, um, so we, I enrolled myself in like a three month long coding boot camp, and I literally awesome. went to class awesome. every day. I went back to school and I went to class every day and I was like three days in. So I was really good at what I was doing in my former job and my former career. And so three days into this course, I was already like a month behind. It felt that way. Hmm. It felt like, wow, I'm the oldest person in this program. I don't know what I'm doing. This is awful. I don't think I'm ever going to learn this. And I tried every single day I showed up on time. You know, I stayed the whole day. I tried to do as many of the assignments as possible, but I just was like, wow, I'm so over my head. But I wasn't taking the course to to learn how to program so I could like build this. It wasn't like the Facebook movie where, you know, Mark Zuckerberg sits in his room for two weeks and then just makes Facebook, right? No, I had no premonition. I had no like assumption that that's what was going to happen. What I wanted to do was basically sit in a room full of other people learning how to code and say, hey, maybe, maybe I get lucky and mm. I meet somebody I like this. I like who's this really good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm, you know, I can actually build relationships with 30 other people in a room. Maybe I can talk them through my ideas. Maybe I can see their struggles. Maybe I can find the top one, two, three aspiring budding engineers in the program who are really, really talented. And maybe I could, by building relationships with them, I might be able to hire them and kind of they're starting their careers and I'm just kind of, right. you know, right. and, and I give them a shot and, yep. you know, and that's like a good economical way for me to also, you know, kick things off and do things. So that was kind of like, that was the nutty idea. There was a lot of like ifs, right? And like wishful <laughs> yeah. thinking there. But the funny thing is, and it was so painful. Those three months were awful, but like... <laughs> That's exactly what happened is, you know, a week or two in, I was already talking to some of the engineers that felt like, wow, these guys are like way ahead of everybody else. I was already talking to them about my ideas. And then, you know, when it came time to finish the course, it was the same thing. It was like, wow, okay, I walked away. Like, you know, I ended up working a guy who had multiple offers, came back to me and said, you have the most interesting ideas. Let's work together. So we got really lucky. And, um, you know, it was kind of like in the beginning, we didn't even know we, you know, we, we, we had built some websites. We didn't know how to build an app, right? We, we started the company in July. We launched an app the following May. Everything was super clunky. It, you know, would take a minute to upload a photo. 
you know, not, a lot of things didn't work. Um, and I'd say that all that we have really tried to do over the last five, six years is iterate. And so every two weeks, we publish a new update. We're constantly listening to feedback, right? You know, I mean, if you know, if you know, if you have any friends that are vegan, you know, that vegans, vegans love to tell, you know, give you their opinions. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we've benefited from that, right. And listen to our users and then, you know, and leaned in, in terms of building a community and trying to scale it. And, you know, and we've, we've made some good, like we made other things, we made other decisions when we didn't know what we should do. Like, you know, we didn't, it didn't feel right when we had such a crappy product that we're going to spend all this money marketing it and building a brand and spending a ton of money on marketing a brand yeah. if, you know, and, and play this sort of game that, hey, the product will catch up and get better. I felt like we need to make, we need to get the product. We need to, we're a user-generated content platform. One of the hardest things that you can do in tech is build that because when, you, when you're a very early stage, why would anybody come and create content right. on your platform? You have no right. other users, you have no engagement, yep. your product is clunky, right? To your point that like, there's got to be all this parity in the market, right? And I, I kind of, you know, I, I hear you and you're right, like the, whatever functionality you put out there has to work. That's mm -hmm. what I would start with. That doesn't mean that you can't have a Reddit style message board. Sure. And that sure. is incredibly valuable, right? Even though it doesn't have all the bells and whistles of TikTok and whatnot, because there's just a lot of people out there that prefer to use that format and style of kind of communication online, right? And so, but I think the key is that whatever you put out there, right, it's got to work. And it's got to be, it's got to, it can't have too much friction for the user. And I think that that's, that's a, a lesson that we have learned over time rather than <laughs> wisdom that we had before, you know, because, because you kind of also have this thing about like, you know, you want to put stuff out as quickly as possible. And, you know, so it's, it is a lot of work. It is, I think people have a simplistic view of apps, but it's like any other business. You've got to think five steps forward, five steps back, and you got to think about how it's going to impact users and you know current users, old users, new users, and you know and, and how you you know how you really build and scale, and then ultimately how you kind of you know create something that you create a sort of a commercial business, but one that really plays well into what it is the the, the ethos of your business, right? And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, you mentioned early on, sort of looking at how you know social media apps quote unquote worked get a lot of users sell data sell ads and the user is the is sort of the the product right and they they don't necessarily get much quite much out of it they they kind of just make these companies sort of bigger and bigger because they give they give all the good stuff to to these companies for free right i mean it's a great business model if you can do it how did like you mentioned how early on did you get people to, to even beta test, you know, early on when, you know, you're not a big name, you don't have all this funding, you're trying to build something from the ground up. What was it like? How did you even get those first 500 to, to a thousand users? Um, <laughs> the first, the first 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first, yeah, every step of the way, it's been hard, man. Um, you know, so again, you know, for us as a user generated content platform, what was really important was, okay, how, well, how are we going to get people to come and create content? And how are we going to, how's that content going to be any different than what they're creating on Facebook or Instagram, right? 
we're not trying to recreate a vegan Facebook here or a vegan Instagram here, right? We're trying to do more. And then how can we use that data to, to convince businesses to increase sort of their supply and, you know, and, and quality uh, of, of, of plant-based options? So we had a lot of sort of, you know, we, we said, hey, look, there's this mission, right? And how do, so how do, we, how do we get very mission-aligned people on board? And so, you know, we looked at putting ads on, you know, Google and, you know, and social platforms. And it felt there, it just felt like advertising was, advertising was one of those things that feels a lot later stage, right? Like when you have a product sure. that works really well, where people can drop into it and they're creating, you know, they might be buying stuff, they might be doing other things, but the reality is that it's a very mature product that works really well. And what we needed was we needed people to come on board and create that content and even live through the clunky experience, help us make that better, but live through that clunky experience and still kind of keep going, keep going. And, um, you know, I just didn't feel like spending money on marketing was going to really get us there. And so what I, what I, instead, what we did is we started talking to animal sanctuaries, farm animal sanctuaries around the world. I've been a big supporter of animal rights and animal sanctuaries since I was a kid. And I was like, hey, you know, what if, you know, so animal sanctuaries, unfortunately, and, and sort of the whole animal welfare, animal rights movement, what's really interesting about animals is of all of the charitable causes that are out there, animals actually receive the least. Hmm. You know, they receive the least. It's, right. it's, it's children and sort of hunger and poverty right. and education that tend to receive the most, the lion's share of sort of, you know, nonprofit funding around the world. And I said, hey, you know what? This is really important. Obviously, when it comes down to things that people are eating, when it comes down to the kinds of products that people are buying, whether it's a pair of shoes or a jacket, right? The animals are incredibly disrupted from this, right? It's the animals that, you know, whose lives are being taken. What if we created a bridge to, in a way, help people understand the impact of their food choices. So we create, instead of marketing and just spending money on other platforms marketing, what if we actually created like gamification in the product mm -hmm. where by eating something vegan, by buying something that's sustainable, by then taking a photo of it and sharing it as like, hey, this is my like, this is what I did today, you know, to, to be more sustainable or than my good deed for the day, right? By posting that review, they're helping other people also find those options, right? They're helping that business improve. And then likewise, we're backing that up with a life-saving donation that we make as a company and then so and they can decide where that money goes. So we what we did is we created this international kind of coalition of nonprofits. We have about as of today we have about sixty five organizations um, and many others, a lot of farm animal sanctuaries, groups like Sea Shepherd that's driving marine life conservation. And yeah, and so we've gamified the product where if you eat something vegan, we reward you with up to two dollars. Wow. Um, that you you get and you get to you get to donate. So we've created this whole new way of rewarding content creators, not with money that they can withdraw and then they can use for whatever, but instead with altruism and with you know with with this connection back to the planet and the environment and animals and and because of that we have managed to create this incredibly altruistic community and this valuable business and it's all been through donating creating this sort of mechanism for our growth which actually involves us donating our company's money rather than spending it 
like every other company on marketing. It's really uh, powerful, man. I think the the business model is also the next phase of this. And that's kind of what I wanted to touch on is, is now that, I guess, at what point did you realize what the business model would be? You know, was it talking to brands and be like, hey, would you want to somehow, you know, do an annual fee to be able to have like a verified company page? I guess talk about the evolution of the business model, because at the end of the day, it could be you know, a great product and, you know, it could have a great cause to it. But if it doesn't have a sustainable business model to it, you know, it goes by the wayside like a lot of other things. So let's talk about that for a second. You're absolutely right, Grant. I mean, for us, it's always, look, we've always had, uh, it, this has not been sort of like another, just like a project in the sense that, hey, oh, we'll, we'll see. But it's always been a business and kind of evolution. Um, and we are venture funded, so like we're not profitable yet. We think we're going to hit profitability uh, probably middle of 2024, maybe around this time next year. So you know we keep our expenses low. We focus on building our business, and a big part of that is I think one just to kind of I think everyone will understand this once it clicks is. When you go, you know, you mentioned just general people posting photos of each other or whatever. When you go on pla- other platforms and you go on Instagram, when you go on, you know, Facebook, when you go on, on TikTok, that's what people are doing. People are just kind of hanging out, doing stuff, right? What's interesting about our platform. And so the, the, the thing that pe- brands are spending money on on these platforms is to target consumers based on what they're looking at, based on their affinity, based on maybe the schools that they went to or the place where they live or their age demographic or their gender. And then, of course, their, what, what companies like Facebook know about them from what they're looking at and engaging with, right? What's different about our platform is that 99% of the content that's created on our platform, all that social content is actually photos and reviews and posts about people and what they're eating, which means like, you know, where they're buying their food or the kinds of products that they're buying. Or, you know, we have 150,000 cosmetics products on our platform that have been rated and reviewed by our community. And those are all clean beauty, cruelty-free products from around the world. We also have fashion and we have food. Overall, we have 900,000 options, products and options at restaurants across 110,000 restaurants globally and 107,000 consumer products companies. I had no idea there's 107,000 consumer products companies. (laughs) Just in the category of plant-based meat, we have like 40,000 plant-based meat products from around the world. You know, things that you could buy in a box effectively at, at a store somewhere in the world. And so it's really interesting. It's like this movement is huge. It's already growing. It's already huge. And, uh, and, you know, and what we're doing is we've created the levers for brands to claim their listings, claim their pages, engage with customers for them to not advertise on our platform, but instead have all of the content that their customers are creating about them work for them. Almost think of the content that customers are creating working for them as ads so they never actually have to create an ad themselves and it feels a lot more authentic and organic right when we're boosting the content that their customers are creating about them and ultimately it's that it's it's that it's this you know it's it's the ability for brands to plug into that for businesses to claim and then on top of that we have a marketplace 
and we've created a really innovative marketplace. There's just a couple of requirements. Anything sold on our marketplace needs to be vegan and it needs to be sustainable, right? And, uh, and you know, different people have different ideas around what sustainability is. Sure. And that's why we add in the vegan part because I think that part is very clear, you know, in terms of what that is. And, yep. uh, and anybody anywhere in the world can start selling on our platform. So we're helping people start businesses and create businesses. We have artists and we have authors and we have people who are making food and people who are making other products and we have brands on there that are starting to sell and that's it's truly amazing seeing this because it's like we're building this kind of new ecosystem i'd call it etsy 2.0 because you know it's, yeah. it's a more sustainable version of etsy in a way i mean we love etsy we love what the etsy created and so in no means and by no means am i Am I trying to compare us there in any sort of negative way? It just It's just so inspiring what they've done. I think the next iteration, the next step is to really develop something that helps a whole new generation of entrepreneurs get started, right, in a space that really matters. And so our business model is twofold. We have a subscription product where brands around the world can sign up and um and you know and receive a lot of benefits by kind of plugging into our platform and then we've got a marketplace which exists in app where anybody can sell anything on, around the world where people can buy things uh, people can support local creators and um and that really just got going as well like last year so there we earn a fee on every transaction on every successful transaction but you know it's completely free to list so because we just want to encourage people around the world to kind of get on there and um and that's that's kind of how we're you know building our business is is these sort of two key levers for our business. You mentioned that you're you're ventured back venture backed and talk us through that journey for a second because you know a lot of founders I talk to and you know raising money especially as a first time founder uh, can be daunting right just as <laughs> that three month sort of coding boot camp uh, it could be three. <laughs> Three months, six months, a year of, of trying to raise capital for, you know, an idea that you have. I guess what advice would you give to to potential, you know, founders going out to to raise, you know, small or large, you know, for their idea that they have, you know, in this space of, you know, whether it's sustainability or, you know, socially conscious, um, social entrepreneurship. It's sort of a still sort of a different area. But talk about that that journey for yourself. Yeah, it's really it's really tough, right? Um, I, but I'd say like, you know, I think we've been we have a really unique mission. Uh, not everybody sees it. I think it's it's really important. I, I'd say one thing that for me, this journey is incredibly hard. <laughs> you know, um, raising capital between working with your team to you know pitching clients and you know doing the customer service both to you know your clients as well as your users around the world managing a team, building a team, keeping a team motivated through things like COVID and everything else that's happened in the world and, you know, and, and the great resignation and all of these things. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and raising capital for that is incredibly difficult. And I think that the one thing that has made it, like, why am I on the phone right now? It's 10 o'clock at night here in Singapore. You know, the one thing that's made it incredibly motivating for me for me it's is the purpose it's the values it's the fact that the 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 mission that we're on here with a billion the values in our organization and in our community and the per and our purpose are so aligned with myself like if a billion succeeds 
a billion solves for something that is very, very, very important to me in my life. And so, and that's what it's like for a lot of our community. A lot of our community are incredibly passionate. And I think that's the rocket fuel. That's what gets you up at six in the morning to get on calls. And that's what keeps you going through all the bullshit. And that's what, you know, keeps you grounded when, you know, you keep hearing no's and no's and no's and no's from (laughs) investors and you just kind of like, Hey, you know what? That's cool. Like you just gotta, you just keep fighting because you know that it's something that's so meaningful and it's so important. I'll end here on a little bit of the future and you mentioned sort of the the sprints and the iterations early on about, you know, building and iterating and adding. What does the next sort of three to five years look like for you and the team? What sort of goals and successes you would like to achieve? Oh, yeah. You know, look, we have a lot of ambition, right? Um, <laughs> we've, we've grown the community to a certain scale. We want to get to in the next three to five years. How do we, you know, how do we bring on another five? Like, how do we bring on five million people, 10 million people to join this movement? To make you know, to make what we're doing truly, truly impactful. Um, how do we develop those network effects? How do we make our marketplace a success? How do we make our SaaS product a success? How do we go from you know, we've donated three million dollars, almost three million dollars. I think we'll hit three million in the next three months. You know, how do we go from three million to a hundred million dollars donated, and do that in a way where we are building and becoming and staying profitable. So that's really, that's for me, that is, uh, that's something that's really key is, is how do we, how do we do some of these things um, and show the world that, Hey, you can build an incredibly profitable business. You can build an incredible business by doing right for people and for animals and the planet every single day. That's the dream. Promise. Last question. Cause I want to hit on this because I think you've, you've taken a path and a journey that I think a lot of people aspire to, you know, maybe they, you know, they had a career and then something happens in their life and they really want to start something. Again, just maybe advice for, you know, first time founders or emerging founders that are coming up in, in the sustainability space or just want to build something based on their passion. I guess, what are some of the few tips that you would, you would give people at that point in their life, you know, taking the sort of that first step into, you know, trying to create something special? Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself, right? I mean, if you're thinking, if and if for, for someone who's thinking about it, uh, it's really hard to take that plunge, yeah. right? Especially if you've got a job, especially if you've got a family, right? Especially if you've got people to support. If you don't, you know, if you're listening and you're you're listening to this and you've made it this far and you're, you know, you're in your 20s, you're in your early 20s, and you don't have, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily you're not married you don't have necessarily kids right you don't have a mortgage this is probably one of the best times for you to go and take that risk because you have very little in a way you hopefully you have very little to lose right you'll just even if you were to fail which and there's no shame in failure but even if you were to fail you're going to be just so much more attractive in terms of you know higher ability to people around the world, employers, because they're going to be like, wow, okay, this person tried to start a business. That's hard. If you're older and you've got, you know, you've got all those other things, sure. still, you know, try to figure it out. Try to see how, how you can make it work. You know, I mean, I, I, when I, when I started this company, it, it was just me and my wife, but um, we were, you know, we were on the cusp of sort of trying to, you know, grow our family, build our family. And, um, and it was a really, really tough decision. 
but I was very lucky that my wife was super supportive and she said, Hey, you know what? You, you got to do this. You should, you should do this. And so I was very fortunate. Um, and it really helps, I think, to sort of have a unified family. I think it's really important to talk about the possibilities, both good and bad and what, and to really just be very realistic about the future, like be really realistic about what the next, what the first year, two years is going to look like, because that's hard. And then, you know, you've got to make some tough decisions around along the way, like what kind of business are you building, right? What kind of cash flow will you potentially have? What Will you have revenue coming in, right? Or are you going to be building something that does not going to have any revenue coming in for a while? And you have to just kind of, I'd say, just think through all of these things and think about your lifestyle and all of that and just make sure you've kind of thought through that. So you kind of have a little bit of that thought out, right? You may not have all of the answers, but at least you're thinking about that. And you know, I'd say go for it. it. It's just such an incredible journey. You really learn what you're made out of. There's so much to managing a business and building a business. And for anybody's business that I've been part of, that I've been lucky to be part of over the years, it's, uh, it's really humbling to try to do it myself because <laughs> uh, you realize, wow, what, what the journey that those people went through. Amazing, my man. Well, well, thank you so much for taking the time again. I know we're on very different time zones and it's, uh, you know, it, it's just a testament, right, to, to what you're building, how you look at things as a founder to, you know, to stay up late on a, on a weekday to, to get something like this done, right? And I think that's just, you know, showing the effort and showing what it takes to kind of do this thing right, right? And, and, and do it the best way you can and always sort of be in grind mentality, right? Because this is the type of things that, you know, separate founders from other founders and, and separate perhaps success from, from failure in the long run, having that mentality. So, you know, thank you again so much for taking the time and best of luck to you and the team for, for the next decade, my man. Oh, thank, thank, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Grant, for the time. I, you know, I just really appreciate you taking the time for me. And yeah, I don't think I can complain at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night. It's pretty at par for the course. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just doing, doing my job, man. Doing yeah, my job. yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I'm just happy we're not talking at three in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you, man. It's, uh, that's, that's extreme, but like you said, you've done it and, and you continue to do it, you know, and, and that's, uh, oh, yeah, it's a sure. special, it's, it's, it's special, it's special to have that in a leader of a, of organization in a company, man. Cause you know, leading by example is, uh, is tremendous. Well, th thanks for that, Grant. I really appreciate it, man. <laughs>